We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast you can get all your pack a day updates by following us on twitter at pack a day podcast and remember you can always subscribe to the podcast on itunes google play tune in stitcher or spotify and, of course, you can check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by my co-host, Andrew Mertig. It's a Friday show, Andrew. It's good to be back. Good to see you. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Packers are 9-3. and three. It's a bye yeah, week, are. so like we get a chance to do a little R&R ourselves and maybe switch the focus a little bit this week. And so... Um, it's it's exciting. It's an exciting time of year. The Packers seem to be, you know, continuing on an upward trajectory where we're hoping to get some news about the health of some guys and, you know, a chance to sit back and really watch some football this weekend and maybe not have to sweat out whether the Packers are going to win or lose. Yeah, yeah, it is a fun bye week. I don't know that you always say that, but man, what a way to enter a bye week with the game that we saw last weekend. And it is a bye week, like we said, but we're pretty excited for this show concept that we have today. Um, we're taking a break from our key matchups and X Factors, of course, uh, to look forward to this coming off season, right? Uh, this is what Andrew and I love. We love thinking about roster construction, team building, all these kinds of off-season dynamics. And it's a little bit abnormal, probably, uh, to do it in the middle of a season. But it's not at the same time, because so much has happened between when we last considered this conversation and right now. Certain players are underperforming where we thought they might be, and other guys are absolutely killing it on the field in ways that we never would have expected. So um, all of that impacts the upcoming offseason and how you have to think the Green Bay Packers may attack the situations that they will be facing. So we're going to get into this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, let's take a look at these. I guess we have two. We have two very different scenarios uh, for the offseason that's upcoming that Andrew has actually so carefully crafted for us. I'm excited to get, get into it. Let's look at it, Andrew. Yeah, I can already sort of hear the people that are listening to this show or maybe even just reading the description and saying like why are you talking about this stuff right now the Packers are in the middle of the season we're, we're hoping for a Super Bowl run and you're talking about like these what-ifs in the offseason but when are we going to talk about this stuff right like we expect the Packers to have a deep playoff run 
And if it's anything like last year, free agency is going to be upon us very quickly after the season ends. And so I think this is a good time to kind of sit down and uh, one, it helps me to appreciate Aaron Rodgers and and this run that they're on, right? Because maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't back. Um, and so taking a look at, at, at what that could look like, the post Aaron Rodgers life, um, as scary as that may be, may help to appreciate the the playoff run that is coming up for the Packers. And maybe this playoff run helps encourage Aaron Rodgers to come back, right? Yeah. Like that's the uh-huh. other side of this coin. And so I, I do think that there is value in going over this. And it's not just about Aaron Rodgers, although I think Aaron Rodgers dictates the way the Packers and Brian Gutekunst have to approach this offseason. And that's why we wanted to look at two very different scenarios. So when I say Aaron Rodgers is in the driver's seat, I really do mean that. I think his decision uh, really pivots this this uh, roster building one way or the other. And so the first thing to consider is the backers are currently going to be $30 million over the salary gap, right? Ouch. That is Ouch. not great. Uh, and that is the result of, of pushing some of those contracts back from last year um, to help get under that COVID cap. It is the result of having some really good players um, and, you know, ha- having a, to kind of do the, quote unquote, all in sort of approach this year. So couple of things that I want to throw out there as asterisks. Number one, this is not Ken Ingalls approved. So if somebody <laughs> wants to run after me and say, oh, no, you're off by a million dollars here or there. That is fine. This is rough numbers. It's a simulation. I will also admit that I use spot track and I know some people hate that um, and that's OK. It's just a tool. We're, we're not looking at exact figures. Um, I did go down to the dollar amount on every single one of these. But again, <laughs> my figures could be a little off. We're, we're talking about restructuring contracts that probably only Russ Ball in the city of Green Bay understands. And so I will not pretend to be an expert in this. But what this is, is a focus on the overall picture of what we're talking about not necessarily the nitty gritty details. So the first scenario is following a Super Bowl win or a deep playoff run where Aaron Rodgers decides staying in Green Bay is the best chance for him to win a Super Bowl or another Super Bowl, and he wants to stay. Okay, so we're moving forward under the the understanding, the pretense that Aaron Rodgers is going to stay. The first thing the Packers need to do is restructure that deal. Aaron Rodgers' cap hit cannot continue for next year. So if you're going to restructure them, you can do it in a way that's going to, I mean, the Packers can finesse this however they want, but I think there's a really simple way for the Packers to do that and instantly save $16.9 million, right? That's, that's a big chunk of that's that 30 bit. that you need to make, yeah. up, right? Um, you can also take a look at restructuring Kenny Clark's deal. You can save about $5.2 million doing that. Here's a, a, a string of tough moves, right? We're going to have to release Preston Smith. That's $12.5 million off the cap. Preston Smith is playing really, really well. That sucks. Um, but it, it's just a necessity. You can release Randall Cobb and save $6.8 million. I think that's going to happen no matter what. If Cobb wants to come back, it's going to have to be on a, a cheaper deal than what he is going to be at projected for next year. Dean Lowry, another guy who's playing fantastic. But again, another place where you can save some money. That's $3.9 million. And then here's one that's really going to hurt. Zadarius Smith. You can you can cut Zedarius and save $15.75 million. And here's why I'm going to do it. Well, I'll explain in a, in a second why I'm <laughs> going to do that, even though the Packers would technically be under the cap at this point and be able to move forward. Um, 
those moves are going to get Green Bay to about $31.2 million on the positive side of the cap, which is going to allow them to give that mega extension that they're going to need to to Devontae Adams. They're also going to have a little wiggle room to bring back a few players who might sign cheaper veteran deals. We don't know what's going to happen with, um, you know, guys like Campbell um, and who else is a free agent. Mm. I mean, you got to talk about Rasul Douglas at some point, right? Yeah, like right. Is- well, absolutely, right. So perfect example, right? We're not going to get into all the details of all of the free agents, but Rasul Douglas, there's a bunch of receivers. And so you're going to be able to sign a few of those guys after Devontae. Maybe you give Devontae a, a really, you know, Russ Ball kind of contract, whereas his number in year one's a little bit lower, and then they have some more wiggle room in order to sign some of those guys, or maybe even bring back some of the players that I mentioned that they were cutting. Maybe look at restructuring them or redoing their deal instead of doing that. Um, but the other part of this is I think the Packers are going to need to trade Jordan Love. And mm. there's a couple reasons you do this. One, I think if you're going to commit to Rodgers going forward for the next two, three, four, five years, whatever he wants to stay it doesn't make sense to to hang on to an expensive backup. It, it becomes a Jimmy Garoppolo situation where you're essentially jettisoning the young guy to keep the old guy happy. And mm-hmm. that's totally fine. The other part of this is I do think that, you know, you can get some good draft capital by doing that. And so, you know, you take a look at the Jordan Love trade. It's probably only going to save the Packers about $94,000, right? Because, his, <laughs> because he was a first-round pick, because of the signing bonus. It's not yeah. going to be a cap savings, but I think, you know, that's the commitment you have to make to Rodgers, who could potentially, you know, depending on what happens over the next several weeks, be looking at a second straight MVP season. And, you know, I think with the impending quarterback draft class being questionable at best, I could actually see them getting a first round pick back in return for Jordan Love. So, you know, you, you take into account his performance against Kansas City. That might seem like a stretch, right? A first round pick. But outside of Matt Corral, I don't see a ton of quarterbacks going in the first round. You know, there's a handful, maybe a guy like Desmond Ritter. But isn't Desmond Ritter just a younger Jordan Love, Mm. right? Like a lot of raw, toolsy upside. But in this case, you trade for Jordan Love and you don't necessarily have to develop him. So the punish, or or the, the, I guess, bad side of that is you're not going to get those first two years that he was on his rookie deal. You're going to get two years and then a, a possible fifth year extension or, but I think that development time is going to be more valuable for a team that's maybe in a little bit more of a win now mode. And, you know, if I would, were to ask you, would you rather have Jordan Love as your starting quarterback or Matt Pickett, Kenny Pickett? I don't know why Matt's written in there. I think it's Kenny. <laughs> we're talking. About, we're talking about the. I'm talking about the pit the quarterback, pit right? Quarterback, Kenny, Pitt, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I don't know Kenny if Pitt. you did that on accident, but you overwrote my part of the script, so that's pretty funny. Uh, so, but I was anyways, trying to save you from saying Matt Pickett, but you didn't skip it. So I don't even bad. know who Matt Pickett is. I don't know. You wrote Matt Pickett though. Did I really? You did. I tried to well, save whatever. You. I tried to save you. Well, I appreciate you writing <laughs> Kenny Pickett. I don't know why I would have written Matt Pickett, uh, but this has really derailed the entire podcast. But okay, so would you rather have Jordan Love or Kenny Pickett? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I love me some Kenny right? Pickett. Oh, no, no, no. I, I mean, I, th- I really think what you're saying is totally legitimate. Like, it's really interesting to think, like, what kind of a shot is a team going to take on a rookie quarterback versus someone that, like, has sat behind someone like Aaron Rodgers and has the tools that Jordan Love has. So I like where you're going with this. Yeah, and so you really, like, take a look across the league. Think about Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Houston, Indianapolis, Denver, New York Giants, Washington, Detroit, Carolina, even New Orleans. There are not enough rookie quarterbacks to go around, nor backups, nor guys in this draft class. And if you're picking late in the first round, why not take a flyer on Jordan Love? I I think we can all agree he's worth at least a second round pick, right? Like if Sam Darnold is a second plus, Mm -hmm. Jordan Love is at least a second round pick, probably more. Mm -hmm. And if multiple teams are willing to give up a two, wouldn't somebody be willing to give up a mid to late one as a possibility? And here's my other point to this. So you're at the Chicago Bears, right? You've given up not only your first round pick for 2020, but now the 2021 first round pick. And what happened? You played your rookie quarterback. And now that pick that you just traded away is really valuable. Mm. And so I don't think a team, you know, you take the teams on the list like Cleveland and Pittsburgh and Indy and Denver that are in win now mode. Right. There's one Russell Wilson you, you might be able to trade for. Now we're saying in this situation, there's no Aaron Rodgers. So Jordan Love is that next best guy. Yeah. And you're not going to want to trade a future pick if you don't have to. So giving up a, a mid to late first round pick in the 2022 draft may be pretty appealing, honestly. And and so, you know, that if that's the case, Green Bay moves forward. They have two first round picks. They they have a roster with Rodgers at quarterback. You still have Jones and Dylan at running back. Devontae, you have a whole heck of a lot of stuff that you need to do at wide receiver. But you have some draft capital, right? You're going to have, at a minimum, three picks in the top 64. Mm-hmm. You're going to have DeGuara at tight end. Your offensive line still looks pretty good if people come back healthy. Maybe a big if at this point. But yeah, Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, um, Josh Myers, John Running Jr., Billy Turner, all of those players are still on the roster. On defense, you look at Kenny Clark, Kingsley Kiki, TJ Slayton, Edge. You still have Rashawn Gary. You have some bigger question marks after that. But, uh, you know, John Garvin's coming back. Um, they, they have to like what they um, have seen some of those other young guys, too. You have Chris Barnes at linebacker. Hopefully they can bring back Devondre Campbell, but it seems like Joe Barry is a linebacker whisperer at this point in his career. <laughs> at corner, you're you're really excited about Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, 
And then at safety, you have Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, they're going to have some weaknesses, but still a lot to like about this roster. Oh, man, I'm still thinking about everything that you said about the Jordan Love scenario because I think it is – we're just kind of able to kind of be playful with this, right? Like this is all no consequence, and I think when we get to the offseason, all these conversations are going to be really tense because there's going to be guys – who can't imagine seeing Rodgers walk out the door. And then there's going to be other people who just like want to see Love play, right? I mean, that, that's going to be a fun thing no matter where he ends up. But um, I really like what you were talking about because I think there's a lot of people who already believe that this quarterback class in 2022 is going to be one that's worth kind of looking past. And that's not to disrespect the guys that are coming out at all. Um, but there's a lot of people who think you should kind of look ahead to 2023 if you're wanting to get your, you know, signal caller of the future. And so if you're a team and you're kind of stuck, let's say you're the you're the Giants and maybe you're, you know, the Daniel Jones experiment has kind of it's wrapping up. Right. But you kind of got some time. You can do one more year, of Daniel Jones, but you could bring in for one first round pick, you know, someone like Jordan Love. But maybe you're another team that you're like you're picking too low in the first round, uh, but you can give up a first round late. Whereas you're saying like the, the the Bears, they had to give up multiple resources to get up to get a quarterback. Take a one year flyer. If you get it wrong, you play the Arizona Cardinals card, right? And you blow it up and you say 2023 is our year. But you know you may not hit the home run in 2022 anyway. So take a shot on the Jordan Love. So I like that a lot. Um, but man. What you've laid out here for us is certainly the run it back plan, right? And if Green Bay and the front office in particular likes what they see down the stretch and into the playoffs from this team, despite all of the injuries, all the drama, the adversity that they've faced over these, you know, really the last month to the whole season, really, you can definitely see this scenario as a very realistic one. Uh, Trying to keep the gang together certainly seems like the best way for this team to win if you're looking at just the next two or three years, especially if it plays out well over the next couple of months. Uh, In this offseason scenario that you're talking about here, the good news is all on the offensive side of the ball, I think, right? Adams and Rodgers are coming back, and that's huge. Um, If you get that in place, you can deal with a lot of things and change around that. Um, But it comes with some pain, right? Because we're talking about a tight end position that's pretty much barren, right? You're just trying to figure out what's next there at tight end behind Devonte Adams. It's going to be thin because you've chosen not to spend your resources on bringing some of those guys back. You talked about really, you know, the Cobb situation that's going to be there. Uh, we haven't, you know, addressed the fact that MBS and Lazard are probably, you know, potentially moving on to some opportunities um, elsewhere, maybe where some, some teams have some checkbooks that they're willing to open up. Um, and then you were forced to pay with those moves, right? Rogers and Adams through some more painful decisions on the defense, right? The edge position, totally a mess, right? With just Rashawn Gary really left there. And then you've got to think the scenario makes it hard at least to bring back. You know, you know we mentioned Devondre Campbell, but Campbell, Douglas, these are guys who a short couple months ago, we never would have said this, but they've kind of become the soul of this Packers defense. And it's going to be really hard for fans to see those guys potentially walk out the door, even if they're forgetting what it means and bringing back someone like Rodgers and Adams. So, I mean, there's a lot here, right? There's a lot of pain, a lot of uh, getting one thing, losing another. But lots of good news in this scenario, especially for those who are fearful that 12 is playing his last year as a Packer. 
Uh, but we do have to be careful what we wish for, right? Because there is a price to be paid, and it does mean that there would be some significant holes in other areas of the rosters if this is what we see come next offseason. Yeah, so that moves us into the second scenario, right? And, Let's and do that it. is Aaron Rodgers is gone. And, you know, in this case, the Packers just can't get anything done with number 12. Or, on the flip side, and this is not something that we have addressed yet, the Packers don't want to get something done. And it may be a situation like the transition from Favre to Rodgers, where Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur are just saying, we've we've seen enough of this. There's been a lot of drama around the club. We also, you know, Matt LaFleur wants to install more of his scheme, and they decide to move on. Now, do I think that is the scenario? Probably not. I don't think Matt LaFleur wants to move on from Aaron Rodgers <laughs> after all the success that he's had in his first three years. But, hey, it could happen. Um, so, you know, if number 12 is gone, you're going to have to do a soft rebuild to transition to Jordan Love. And so the first priority is get under the cap for the beginning of the league year so they can trade Aaron Rodgers. Um, and so a lot of these deals are going to be just what I talked about before in the last scenario. You're going to release Randall Cobb. That's six point eight million. You're gonna release Dean Lowry, three point nine. You're gonna release Mason Crosby. That's two point three. We we did not talk about that in the first scenario, but uh, Preston Smith, twelve point five. Here's the really, 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 really painful one. Adrian oh, Amos, saw, seven point nine million. So I saw the name it, there in the show. That's yeah, awful. and and I'll explain why we're we're overcutting here now. Even that doesn't get us to the $30 million, but what we're going to have to do is restructure Aaron Rodgers. Now, would Aaron Rodgers do this? I don't know. And and this the simple fact is he holds all the cards, and if he wants to be a jerk <laughs> about it... What word I, are you going to use there? <laughs> I, well, yeah, yeah, you saw me hesitate. Um, he can. <laughs> he absolutely has every right to do that. Because there's nothing the Packers can do. They have to get under the cap before they can trade him. Mm-hmm. But if the organization and Aaron can come to some mutual terms that it is time to move on, some guarantee that they are going to work with him to trade him to the situation that he wants to, I could see him giving them some cap flexibility to get to the point where they could actually trade him without having to gut the entire roster around him. Rodgers could be bitter and just make them cut everybody else and um, they'd be out of luck and they'd just have to do it. But I don't really see the purpose in all of that. So for the sake of the simulation, we will assume Rodgers plays ball. And, you know, I definitely didn't want to release Amos. I actually ran through this scenario three weeks ago and that was, I mean, Adrian Amos was playing really, really well. And now he's gone kind of like nuclear in how well he's playing. And uh, that makes this even more difficult. But I had to in order to clear up enough cap space to franchise Devontae Adams. So all of those moves, they escape the 30 million that we were above. And they actually get us 20 million under the cap. The estimated franchise tag for wide receivers is just over 19 million. So we sneak in at just under the cap with Devontae's franchise tag included to move into the new league year. So I'm very nervous that Devontae's not going to want to sign and the Packers, quite frankly, aren't going to have the money until they can get Rogers number off the book. And then who knows if Devontae wants to sign. So you just do the safe thing there. You, you overcut and you get Devontae franchise, even at the cost of Adrian Amos, which is quite painful. 
but there's a reason why I didn't make a more simple cut, and I'll explain that in a second. Uh, so we're going to trade Aaron Rodgers, and that's going to save another $19.2 million. So this is a big cap savings overall when you're really factoring everything else. Um, I'm going to go ahead and target the Denver Broncos because I think that's the situation that makes the most sense. It's the one that seems really obvious to everybody. It's the one that you know gets Rodgers a little bit closer to that West Coast that he wants to be, but it's a team that's quarterback needy that has – a roster that is going to allow him to compete. Um, I don't know that the Denver roster is actually better than Green Bay's, but hey, you know, who knows what Aaron Rodgers wants in his heart. So, um, you know, if if it was me trading him to whoever I wanted to, I'd prefer getting multiple 2022 first round picks from a team like Philadelphia, who has three um, potentially. Um, but this is the most realistic trade partner. And, you know, obviously if Aaron Rodgers is going to rework his contract, they're going to have to send him someplace that is agreeable. Um, and so here's the trade. This is going to sound utterly ridiculous. Oh, Kyle. Tell me, tell me. What Denver happens. has a, 2022 first round pick their own 2022 second a 2022 second from the rams so we're talking two second round picks two third round picks because they have their own and the rams from that von miller trade we're going to get a 2023 first and i didn't originally have this in the trade package but i'm going to say a 2024 first and you're going to say that's way too much right yeah. <laughs> three firsts two seconds two thirds like nobody's given that up yeah Aaron Rodgers might, like I alluded to before, be coming off his second straight MVP performance. And if mm-hmm. not, I mean, look at his numbers. They're filthy. And if he doesn't win the MVP, who cares? They're still filthy. Yeah. So, you know, if you're Denver, maybe you don't give up that third first round pick. I don't know. I'm getting greedy here. And sure. we're, we're talking about a generational ta- talent at quarterback. The Denver Broncos want to win a Super Bowl over the next three years. They want to repeat what they did with Peyton Manning. They're probably willing to sacrifice some picks mm. that, quite honestly, should be at the end of the first round anyways. I did something silly here, too. I added in a second trade, and that is Zadarius Smith um, oh. for a second-round pick. And I do think that there's enough of a market for Zadarius that the Packers can get some draft capital for him. Now, this is all assuming he comes back at the end of this year and plays, you know, up to or relatively close to the player that he was before the injury. Um, we'll see if if that happens. But we hmm. could do a little flip-flopping. We could cut Zedarius and then not cut Adrian Amos in, okay. in the okay. earlier part, you know, pre-new yeah. league year and, and that that would factor out too, but I just, I thought you could get a pick for Zedarius. And so that's why I threw that in there. Mm. Now the Packers, after all of these moves are sitting at $38 million in cap space and can get some stuff done. They can work on a long-term extension with Devante. And you know what? If he doesn't want to stay in green Bay too bad, we're going to make him the, the richest wide receiver in the league. Uh, maybe even getting up to that. Re- Is it Deandre Hopkins? that's making 25 million or something. I think it's it's 27 or something. There's like a just ridiculous separation between the first and second highest paid receiver, but whatever it is, we'll make him the highest paid receiver if that's what he wants. Um, But then you can start to look at Jair, Rashawn Gary, Elton Jenkins, and look at extending all those players. And then you can go out, you can sign a free agent wide receiver, but here's what the Packers are looking at in this scenario. Two first-round picks this year, right? You're going to have Denver's and Green Bay's. You're going to have potentially four second-round picks, Green Bay's, Denver's, the LA Rams, and then if if we did the silly trade with Zadarius, maybe a second-round pick there. 
And then three-thirds, Denver's, Green Bay's, and the Rams. And then you're still looking at multiple first-round picks in 2023, multiple first-round picks potentially in 2024. And then you look at the roster, and you're like, eh, maybe this isn't so bad. You have Jordan Love at quarterback, right? It's a step down, right? He's going to have to learn on the fly. But you're surrounding him with a lot of talent. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. You're bringing back Devontae. you got to do something with that second, third, fourth wide receiver position. But, <laughs> you know, you got Mari Rogers in the wings. Uh, DeGuara, you still have the offensive line depth. Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Josh Myers, John Running Jr., Billy Turner. You still have the defensive line of Kenny Clark, King Zakiki, T.J. Slayton. You have Rashawn Gary at edge. You have Chris Barnes at linebacker, Jair and Stokes. And you have Savage at safety. And you got to replace Adrian Amos. So that one's just tough. But, man, like... Think of all the picks, right? Like, even in a conservative <laughs> effort, even if that's serious, it's ridiculous. You're talking about, what, five, eight, eight picks in the top 100 mm-hmm. that, that you're going to be able to move around. If if there's somebody you love in the draft, maybe you trade a future first to move up and, and really target, like, an elite wide receiver, an elite mm. edge rusher. Maybe um, you get silly and, and take a, a different position. But, I mean, it's fun to think about. Mm-hmm. Well, man, it's like it's so us, right? Like, I mean, this is obviously something that we can do without responsibility, but we love picks, right? We love the offseason. We love the draft. And so you start to think about roster construction and how this team could be good for a long time when you have that kind of long, long, long term investment of young talent coming to your team with all those picks. But I'm curious why you played hardball with the Denver Broncos so hard getting those 2000. 22 second round or the, the the third round picks man like we don't even know what to do with third round picks just let the thirds go and make sure you, you get use 20. them to move up okay there you go or trade down go. the Packers are really good at drafting in the fourth and fifth rounds so that's true maybe that's just true. trade down that's true how long were you on the phone with uh with Elway to make this happen uh, John Elway heard the name Aaron Rodgers and you just said right <laughs> he, he was willing to write whatever check he needed yeah. to that's good. Okay, good. Well, dude, my head is spinning, like thinking about all these scenarios. Um, really, I'm thinking a lot about the De- the Devonte stuff and the Desire- the Zedaria Smith stuff, right? Because I mean, we've talked about um, the edge rusher position in both scenarios, and both of these guys seem like they want to be Packers for a long time, right? Preston and Z. And so it's just going to be really interesting to see how those things play out because um, you can see some creative things getting done, but they're both two big names uh, that keep coming back to me in both of these scenarios that something's going to happen with that edge rusher room, right? Gary's going to be stable, but the rest, man, it's going to be a little bit interesting to figure out uh, what they do at edge rusher. But um, man, can we talk a little bit about Adams? Can we do that? Because I'm curious. Sure. I'm curious in this scenario, right? Like we're we're bringing him back, right? We're making him the most, the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL to really, you know, meet his asking price, make this get done. What are the odds that that happens in a scenario where Aaron Rodgers is no longer the quarterback, right? What are what are your thoughts? And I mean, you processed all this as you put this together. Is that a realistic thing? Obviously, the franchise tag is a is a card the Packers have, but you know, where are you at with that? Where were you thinking? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it could go a bunch of different directions, right? Like number one, 
if Devontae loves Green Bay, maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't the only thing that's keeping him around. I think sure. if you're willing to pay somebody enough money, they're willing to stay and, <laughs> and play with a new quarterback. I, I think I think that's also um, logical. And then, you know, the third option is if they franchise tag him and they actually have some cap flexibility and he really doesn't want to play for them. There's you could trade them for more picks. I mm-hmm. like I absolutely hate that. I, yeah. I hate the idea of just trading guys to trade them. Um, but if he really doesn't want to be there, there is always that opportunity. Well, and I think I mean, this is crazy. And like, I don't know enough about, you know, the contracts and the implications. But could you see a scenario where, OK, it's pretty clear Rogers is on his way out. It's pretty clear that Adams isn't. You know, the man turns 29 next season, right? So he knows he's got probably three years of of prime left, you know, roughly. Um, if if we're just kind of, I mean, he's he's super Adams, right? Like he could go crazy for a long time, but that's just the realistic, you know, looking at age. So maybe he thinks I'm better suited to go elsewhere or follow with Rodgers. Maybe that's a way that the Packers could get that additional say 2024 first, right? Including a franchise tagged Adams in a deal with Rogers. Could you see a deal where they send both of them together? Like, is that totally insane? A little bit. I mean, (laughs) I I don't, you you know, you look and it's funny. I'm sure a lot of people have seen on, on Twitter or, you know, on ESPN or NFL network or, or wherever you're watching the sort of humor in all of these teams that, would be projected to have back-to-back first-round picks as of this week, right? So there are teams with that kind of draft capital available, but most of them aren't really a good fit Mm. for for Rodgers. And so, you know, I've kind of joked around about the Philadelphia idea, but would Rodgers want to play for the Eagles? And and based on their roster construction, would they want to go all in on a quarterback right now? Um, And, you know, even if the Packers included Adams, is that enough to get three, you know, whatever top, however right right wherever they're at currently um i'm not sure you know Mm -hmm. and does that fit in with what the packers are looking at i don't know that you want to go super all in on this year's draft class because it it i I don't know at least at this point in the really really early evaluations it doesn't seem like an elite class and so i think spreading out your your rewards makes more sense i think for the packers there's just not enough reward in trading two all pro players yeah. to the same team. Like, I, I don't know what you'd have to get back. And mm-hmm. then why is that team willing to give up that many assets? Right, right. No, it's a totally crazy scenario. I just was thinking about, you know, like if it is just a scenario where it doesn't seem like you're getting traction with either players, could you maximize your return if both guys are on their way out the door anyway? But man, it really doesn't feel like there is a bad culture with this team, right? I think there was a lot of fear that entering the year, it was like this last dance. There's going to be this hostility in the locker room of guys who know it's their last time. Maybe they go out to win a Super Bowl, but they're just kind of like on their way out. But it just doesn't feel that way, right? It's hard. It's hard. We're humans, right? It's hard for human beings to find the kind of success that the Packers have had, overcoming all the things that they've had, if they're really just tolerating the present, knowing that the future is coming. It doesn't feel that way. So that's not a promise. That's not a thing that like, hey, this Rogers split isn't happening. 
But it does seem like there's some hope that some things may get worked out. It seems like that there may be a future to this team. And it's going to be interesting because I don't think that a lot of people want to see Jordan Love get crushed in the process. So seeing what a future could be like for him, whether that's in Green Bay Bay or elsewhere, uh, those kinds of things are really going to be fun. And I think we do have to brace ourselves for another tense offseason because we won't probably get a lot of clarity on things throughout the process. We won't be in on those uh, understandings of who's at fault in this. Is it a Rodgers thing? Is it a Packers thing? Rodgers may not give Green Bay much of a choice. Obviously, it, it kind of feels like he was kind of given that uh, this last offseason. Um, or the Packers could possibly have already stubbornly made up their mind that they're going to move on to love next year. Uh, regardless, we don't know the behind-the-scenes conversations that are going to make all this so messy, potentially. You've heard Andrew explain the ins and outs of how it all has to work and who it has to impact because you want to keep this player over here. And we can talk about that, but we will not get all of those conversations. So, so many unknowns, um, maybe more unknowns than any offseason we've ever experienced as Packers fans. So it's going to be really fun to see it all happen. But my goodness, we've got a fun ride ahead of us as we get to experience the rest of this 2021 season. Uh, but 2022 is going to be a wild ride. Yeah, absolutely. My, my, my goal in this was, one, I thought it would be kind of an entertaining thing to talk about during the bye week. But number two, it was just like, what is the reality of the situation the Packers are going to face this offseason? Is it truly a we're going to have to blow this team up no matter what? Is there a way that they can, you know, sort of return everybody and and give, you know, another another sort of last ride, yeah. uh, if yeah. you will? Um, or, you know, last dance. And then um, what happens if they move to Jordan Love? And, and to me, a couple of things stood stood out number one the greatest challenge they're gonna they're gonna face is getting under the salary cap before the start of the league year once they accomplish that i think they have an incredible amount of flexibility and actually um, have the ability to um, dictate the the direction they go they're not going to be forced by the salary cap um, to do a lot of things um, outside of of what they want to certainly you know those big cuts we were talking about aren't ideal but they're, they're just the reality of the situation. And there's actually a lot of teams in the NFL that are going to be facing similar problems. The second part was, what is this roster going to look like for next year? And honestly, I saw some some patterns that make a lot of sense. I think the offensive line is going to continue to be a strength, again, under the assumption that many of them come back healthy. I think the secondary looks like an incredible strength moving forward. I think the defensive line, uh, there's a lot more reason to be optimistic at this point. And so, you know, there's some things that are real positives uh, for the Green Bay Packers. And I don't think this is going to be a blow it up and, you know, be a four and 13 team for a couple seasons while you figure it out. I think even if they have to move on to Jordan Love, this is still a roster with a lot of talent that is going to be competitive, especially in the NFC North. And so, um, you know, it, it was an exciting thing for, for me to go through and, and simulate. And so I hope people enjoyed it. But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and rate the Packer Day Podcast if you like what we're doing. You can catch Kyle and myself every Friday. And next week, we'll be back getting you ready for the Packers Week 14 matchup against the Chicago Bears. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember...